Hi, I'm Lindsay Tauber of Help Around, and I'm happy to welcome you to a specialty patient podcast with your host, Ishai Knobel. Each episode is crafted to bring you new insights into the specialty drug ecosystem. Our guests share Help Around's passion for improving the patient experience and making specialty patients' lives easier. I hope you enjoy listening to this session. All right, so buckle your seatbelts. This is going to be fun. This is going to be interesting, hopefully. This is going to be very entertaining. We're going to be covering uh, about hubs beyond the phone call, about patient-centric connectivity, and, uh, and what do we do when the patient journey is really unique? Please post your questions uh, on chat. Let's just get started. So just a couple of words uh, about uh, us, uh, Help Around, which is, uh, I'm the founder uh, of Help Around. We, uh, our mission is to make faithful pay patients' lives easier. What we look at is really about the patient journey and how do we make patient journey as easy as possible. Uh, so, and there are five main connectivity mistakes to avoid. So when you go out there and you shop for a patient connectivity solution, um, you are basically looking to avoid these mistakes. And today we're going to touch on these five common mistakes and what's the best way of asking whoever you are uh, consulting with or whoever you are is helping you uh, find that connectiv patient connectivity solution. What are the questions to ask to avoid these mistakes? Number one is ignoring consumer trends. There are patients, are consumers. We're going to talk about it. What are the trends out there? What works? What doesn't work? Second, relying on vendor-specific technology. We'll touch on that as well. Three, relying only on one mode of interaction for the patient. Four, designing patient workflows from scratch. Takes a lot of time, a lot of work, not necessary. Five, not personalizing each patient experience. So let's dive right in and talk about number one, ignoring consumer trends. Our patient is a consumer. So let's start with a question. And uh, uh, Jenna, this is now with a poll for the poll. There is a poll icon near the chat box. Uh, and the question is, what percentage of visitors you think your visitors to your brand site you think are using a mobile browser as opposed to a desktop browser? So let's give it a few seconds and uh, the poll will become available. Think about it. Are you are your patients using their phone? Maybe at the doctor's office, maybe at the clinic. They just got prescribed. They're on the way home, maybe they're sitting in the car, they're using their mobile phone, or are they going home on their laptop or on their desktop and start exploring your website for, for resources? Let's give it a few more seconds to come in. So I'm gonna I'm gonna switch forward. I think what we're seeing here, um, you know, most of the people said that between 76 to 100 percent of patients are using uh, the mobile browser. Uh, so that's interesting. And the rest said, you know, less than 75 percent. But the answer is really 78 percent of uh, patients visit using using um, the um, using the mobile device. 
And what you see here are a few uh, brands that are um, that we we in our research we looked at their uh, traffic and we saw that it's actually around ninety percent. So ninety percent uh, are visiting these websites, uh, these brand websites, using their mobile device, and that's not a surprise. Uh, because we live in a mobile world. It's a mobile first world. And yes, patients are living in uh, a mobile first world as well. What does that mean? This means that the expectations are really high, especially post-COVID. Consumers expect easy experiences. They expect on the phone, you go to a restaurant and you scan the menu with your phone, right? Or, you know, you complete a workflow, you order, you place your order on mobile in minutes, not in half an hour. You have, you're not looking or agreed to download apps or print. That's a hurdle today. That people's expectations is seamless. You click a link, you do what you need to do, you're done. Anywhere, immediate, and SMS only, no emails. I mean, we get annoyed when we get emails from, uh, from vendors, right? That is the expectation today. And meeting these expectations is actually pretty tricky. And the reason is that you offer the patients apps or phone calls or emails or, or what have you. And 90% of apps are just used once and deleted. Or 80, or the phone calls. We call the patient to coordinate shipment. NSP is calling the patient to coordinate shipment, calling the, um, uh, the hub is calling the patient. 80% of phone calls are unanswered, okay, from an unknown numbers. And 80% of emails are never opened. And that makes sense because phone calls require privacy, right? To speak about a medical condition. PDFs on mobile phone doesn't work. Other factors, are people really in a mindset or health literacy to engage? These are all very important questions uh, that we're gonna answer. So it's really, so yes, the answer is mobile, but how mobile? So relying on vendor specific technology is the second mistake. Let's say you say, yeah, let's do digital technology. Let's connect. Let's meet the patient where they are. Let's do mobile. Let's go to one of our vendors. Let's go to the hub. Let's go to our SP. Let's go to whoever. Hey, what can you give us? And the problem is that a lot of the technologies are siloed. Okay. And a vendor comes with technology, but what happens when you want to switch a vendor? And does this technology really connect to the rest of the journey? And even though we work, a lot of the vendors come in silos and you see here, step-by-step step, from prescriber to hub to benefit verification and copay and PAP and, and, and SP and, and, and refill, et cetera, there's still a lot of interactions between each vendor. And if you go with technology that is not integrated, and some of them are, you get, we got it. That's a big question to ask. Is this technology integrated to the rest of the journey or is it just for this cycle? If you look at this experience, you really got to ask how you're not going to overwhelm your patient, how you're not going to create silo technologies. So you got to look at connectivity across the journey. And that is a key. So now imagine being patient centric across the journey. This means that no matter where the patient is across the journey, they have one place to go to. And it's less about, sure, the experience is high, the expectation for experience is very high, but it's also about, is it really connecting? Is 
it really connecting across the journey or is it siloed? And that's a big question to ask. If it's connected across the journey, that also means that you're gonna get patient utilization reporting across the whole journey. And if you go with a silo, you're gonna get silo data. So if you wanna know the full program enrollment funnel, patient enrollment funnel, or you, and you wanna get a breakdown of copay utilization, and you wanna get what to pick up rate or call to action or app installs, you wanna know how your patients behave when they interact with your patient support program, that means you need connectivity. Connectivity across the whole journey. So let's switch gears to the second poll. Have you trans how many of you have transitioned between hub vendors in the last three years? All right, Jenna, so let's uh, switch gears. Again, go to the poll at the bottom next to the chat icon. Okay, so far we have one yes and five no's. Lucky people who did not have to transition a hub over the past three years. My next question was going to be, how fun was it to transition a hub? Well, it's not just a hub, any vendor that you transition, how do you make sure you don't lose patients? When you take your patients from one experience, from one vendor to another vendor, do you make sure that there's continuity? And the only way to ensure continuity is to create that connected layer. Because let's say that we go, you go with one hub and that hub brings their own technology. You gotta ask them, hey, I might switch you. One day, God forbid, maybe not gonna happen. One day, let's say things don't work out, I wanna switch. Am I, how am I gonna lose my patients? Am I, how am I gonna, gonna keep my patients, I'm sorry. And is that patient connectivity gonna endure? Is that gonna transcend? any vendor transitions? And that's a key question to ask. All right, switching gears. Relying on only one mode of interaction. That is a very common mistake that we see out there. And of course, when you go and offer patients only one way, only phone calls or only SMS or only app, um, you're gonna lose a lot of patients. Actually, one of the most common trends is patients installing an app and just deleting it after using it once because they, they did what they needed to do and they go, want to go back to their Instagram. So you've got to, when you are looking for connectivity solutions, look for flexibility, flexible modalities, phone calls, SMS, iPhone, Android, feature phone. All these needs to exist. And that flexibility is key when you are offering, when you wanna offer an easier patient journey. So it's not just about, so on one hand is the connectivity, on the other side is the flexible modalities. So patient can say, yeah, I really prefer SMS. Or, hey, I have an Android, or I have a feature phone. If you're dealing with uh, populations that are more diverse uh, and uh, both in languages and in socioeconomic level, you might end up with, you know, you might have populations that don't have access to a smartphone. Some of them may not even have the money to pay for a data plan. So that's where that connector needs to be very flexible. Mistake number four, switching gears. Number four, designing patient workflows from scratch. That is one of the biggest time spenders that you can imagine when you go through this MLR approval process. 
And the good news is that a lot of these already exist. Okay, so when you look at patient connectivity, and yes, you say, hey, my patient journey is unique. I have uh, buy and bill, and I do. I have Hublite or NoHub, and I have REMS and symptom tracking and loyalty programs, and I have NCP, and I have all that. I have really unique. There are modules and connectors to each one of those, and you got to ask for them. You got to come and say, okay, show me how you do buy and bill. Show me how you do symptom tracking, REMS, and for that. Any platform needs to show really robust integration options. So can how flexible is the platform between to support your specific patient journey? And the earlier you engage the connectivity, as you design the patient journey, as you design your, your uh, um, uh, the enrollment process, engage early with the connectivity options that you have, okay? Because what very often happens is that patient services and kind of the design of the steps are kind of pushed to the end. But that often results in what we're seeing is siloed experiences. So the earlier you engage with a connectivity solution, then you can tie it into the design. And then that's when you can really come and start seeing what's possible out there. And when you look out there for solutions, look for configurable technology, okay? Can this be configured? Is this, is this patient journey something that can be configured when you, know, you have X patients who are you know, mostly commercial insured and some of them are Medicare? Do you have these modules available? or? Are you actually, is, is the agency that you're talking to actually coming back and saying, okay, yeah, we're going to build it from scratch. Because if you build it from scratch, it's going to cost you a lot of money. And numbers show that, you, you know, even you try to reinvent the wheel, but utilization is going to suffer. Because that's why the platforms today, and this goes back to the consumer, are very specialized and you are able to really look for things that are working and put together your puzzle by yourself instead of going and starting from scratch. Things have been done before. What works and what doesn't work with patients and for patients has been, been done before. Don't reinvent the wheel. Not personalizing each patient's experience is the last mistake that we're going to touch on today. Any connectivity platform that you look at should be able to personalize the patient's experience. What does that mean? Let's take an example. You see here on the right, a template for enrollment for copay with a link, reply yes for support. And you see here the same request in Spanish with a link. So the patient receives this text message. And let's say that this patient clicks the Spanish link to enroll. What should the platform infer? Spanish is the primary language. The, the user device version operating system, now we know it's an iPhone with a certain operating system. So we know to tailor the experience for that. The platform should be able to turn on that experience optimized for this specific device. We know that this patient prefers links where they can click to mobile web as opposed to reply yes. 
Now, if they replied yes, or if they replied C, that teaches us something else, that this person prefers to engage in texting. And that is okay. But this is what personalization of the experience means, that you respond in the same method and the same manner that the patient engages back with you. There's one more thing. Once they click on the link, the browser can ask access for location to optimize their experience. And now you also tell the zip code. And you don't need to share exact location. You don't really care about exact location. But in a certain state or a certain zip code, platforms should be able to make suggestions that are relevant. And the relevance become more and more important. Some drug programs that we've seen, uh, they care about different offerings or different uh, socioeconomic based on zip code. Now, of course, you can't really infer that for sure because the patient is moving around, but it tells you something. And any platform has its own way of optimizing and personalizing the experience, and you got to ask for it. How is your platform creating a personalized experience for this specific patient? All right, so we have a question. What are the biggest challenges and barriers to patient connectivity? So a lot of, that's a really good question. Thank you for that question. Um, the, I would say that the biggest challenges to patient connectivity are um, vendors. A lot of the vendors that you work with that are still used to work in faxes uh, might be a little difficult to work with. They might be a little dif difficult uh, to connect with, uh, but that's the task of the connectivity platform. A good connectivity platform is able to come and connect to any vendor. A lot of them, honestly, are already connected. If they prefer to get a fax, no problem. The patient will still get a high-tech experience, but behind the scenes, a good connectivity platform is able to connect easily to any vendor out there. So that's a, that's a barrier and that's a challenge, uh, but it's absolutely surmountable. And frankly, there is no other way. Uh, one advice is when you shop for your vendors, you ask them, how do you connect? Do you have APIs? Do you use FTP? Do you use... Both, have you connected to anyone in the past? Are you planning to put any connectivity in place? That's when you choose your hub, when you choose your call center, et cetera. Next question, do you have any guidance or advice for getting MLR comfortable with text communication? Great question. Uh, so I'm not a lawyer, but what has worked for us again and again with MLR uh, is to come and basically and ask your, the platform you work with, they should be able to give you an, an export of all the interactions that you support. And they sh should come and say, well, there is nothing open here, right? There's no open-ended. Every response has, every message has its response. So there's text communication that is one way, and there's two-way text communication. One-way text communication is one MLR conversation. Two-way text communication also opens the gate for adverse events. Different legal groups have different, different preferences, but the connectivity platform should have that for you. For example, automatic tracking of adverse events or automatic response to the patient, this is not a manned uh, SMS, your message is not being reviewed. So this, has, this goes back to don't reinvent the wheels. These, were, these solutions and templates already exist. When you go to communication, ask your connectivity platform for a recommendation of how they've done it before with legal groups 
they should be able to offer it to you. I know we offer it, but any connectivity platform uh, should be able to help you with that. And if they don't, then they probably have never done it before. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn, Yishai Knobel, uh, and uh, just reach out with any questions whatsoever. So let's do a quick recap. How flexible is your connectivity? We call it our, our platform, the gateway. How platform is, how flexible is your, the gateway across modalities? SMS, mobile web, app. Is your connectivity platform, you go into an SMS vendor, they're going to do SMS. But that means that you just lost all the other patients who are looking for a much better experience. SMS is not enough for them. And SMS is okay as a beginning, but the expectation among consumers today is much, much higher. If you're telling them an SMS and they are, and you're not offering them a link to actually finish it, think about it as a restaurant. Would you rather all order from a restaurant, just SMS back and forth? Or would you rather actually see a menu and click? That's the difference in the experiences. And what we recommend is to do both. Go with the platform that does both. If you already did SMS, that's fine. There are platforms that build on top of your SMS solutions, and you can expand it to also provide a more, a more engaging mobile experience than SMS. SMS is almost like the lowest common denominator today. And the good news is, again, you don't have to toss that. Keep it. You can add to that with mobile, uh, mobile web and even app. How many clicks stand between the preoccupied patients and their goal? That's a big question to ask yourself always. Like, what am I asking? Put yourself in the, in the shoes of the patient. How many steps, how many clicks stand between this patient when they are all overwhelmed and preoccupied to actually get their task done? They want to sign up for copay. They wanted to provide a signature. How many clicks? Are you giving them DocuSign? So you check the box. Is it a good experience? Not really. Are you giving it to a patient who is overwhelmed and dealing with a lot? Okay, it's, it's, it's good enough, but does it cut it? Does it really give patients an engaging, high experience? No. And the patient walks away feeling, okay, so it's just more, more burden, more work. Is the journey mobile first? Again, remember 80%, 90% of your patients are coming using their phones. They will visit your resources using their smartphone or their feature phone, probably a smartphone. Be prepared for that. Building a mobile website is, again, a silo. If you're only going to go to an agency and the agency is going to build your website, great. Again, you built one silo. You're not thinking connectivity across the board. And that is going to be very costly going forward if you just go silo by silo. Are your partners neutral and agnostic? What do we mean by that? Are you shopping for siloed technology from a specific vendor? Or are you buying a connectivity solution that connects across the board? And one more thing, and if there are no more questions, uh, we'll wrap up and give everyone 15 minutes back from their day. One last thing, look for real impact, both on the patient and on the brand. So. Look for shorter time to fill. In this case, this is 80% improvement. Look at how long it takes to complete copa enrollment. In this case, less than two and a half minutes. 
value for the patient is easier to find, easier to complete, less uncertainty, and easier for the brand means, of course, faster time to fill, longer time of therapy, but it's also less headache juggling so many different technologies, so many apps and modalities and SMS and vendors go with the connectivity platform that can make not just a patient's life easier, but also your life easier. Feel free to reach out. Again, I'm Ishai. Thank you so much for listening today. It was definitely an experience for me doing it now with Zoom and uh, kind of presenting without a panel. Um, I can also be found of, on email, um, Ishai at helparound.co. And thank you so much. Thank you so much for your time today. And I hope you enjoy the rest of the conference and the rest of your day. If you're coming to Assembia and you'd like to have a conversation, by all means, email me uh, and uh, we will be there. Help Run will be there and we'll be happy to talk specifics about your patient journey uh, and make some suggestions. All right. So have a great day, everyone. And thank you for participating. Thanks for listening to the Specialty Patient Podcast. Follow us for even more episodes on any of your preferred podcast streaming services, including Apple and Spotify. You have a suggestion for a topic or a guest? Please send an email to lindsay at helparound.co. And for more information on Helparound, visit helparound.co.